So we have uh, apostles that, that, with a little a, they were sent out by the church. They're sent out by the church. Now, the big question today is, people ask us, do we have apostles today? We don't see that a lot. We don't hear, oh, here comes Apostle John, or here comes Apostle Paul, or, or here comes Apostle Greg. We don't see that a lot in the church. So do we have apostles today? It depends on your definition. Do we have apostles today in the sense of the 12 disciples and the Apostle Paul writing scripture, establishing the church? And to, to that answer, I say no. But we do have apostles in the sense of messengers that are sent out by the church. And we have a name for them. We call them missionaries. Missionaries. They do the exact same function. This is the exact same definition. So whether you call them apostles or you call them missionaries, um, they're sent out by the church. And this brings me to my first point of why church is awesome. Because church is a place where the body of Christ is working and the Holy Spirit is working. And we get to a point where we send people out to spread the gospel. Uh, many of us know Daniel and Sarah Barrett. You know, I, I, I think of Daniel in that light. He was part of Calvary Chapel Lexington for many years. And then I, I guess about, I don't know, I'm taking a stab here, 10 years ago, they sent him out. He went to Costa Rica and he established a church. So that's the first reason why church is awesome. Because it's a place that we send people out. Did y'all like that, the, the first apostle? How many got it right? Oh, we got a couple of hands. We got a couple of hands. Jesus, he was the very first apostle. Let's look at the next one. And then he says, he, says, uh, he gave some as prophets. Going back to Acts, Acts 15.32 says, Judas and Silas were prophets. These are guys that are outside those who are forming the canon of Scripture and establishing the church. Acts 19.6 says uh, there were disciples at Ephesus that prophesied. And then Acts chapter 11, many of you all know this story, the story of the prophet Agabus who went and prophesied of the famine. But so there's this gift that God has given the body of Christ that's a prophet. That's a prophet. It's one that prophesies, one that encourages, that builds up, that speaks into people's lives. Let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 14.3. It says, um, But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. That's what a New Testament prophet does. 1 Corinthians 14.3, one who prophesies, he speaks to men for edification. That word means to build up. That's, that's, that's what the New Testament means when a person has this gift of prophecy. He builds people up. He doesn't tear them down. He builds them up in their walk with Christ. He builds them up in ministry. He encourages them straight out of 1 Corinthians 14. And exhortation. Exhortation, it means uh, he speaks direction into their life. He gives them direction. A person is seeking the Lord, trying to find direction in their life, wanting to do something new, and then someone comes along and gives them a prophetic word and says, hey, and then all of a sudden it clicks, it confirms, and you know that God is calling you to do a ministry. But also under that word exhortation in 1 Corinthians 14.3, we, we see the definition, he gives warning. He gives warning. So a person with this gift of prophecy is, um, is not a prophet in the sense of the Old Testament and writing scripture and, and infallible and inerrant. 
but it's a person within the local body who does what 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, which edifies, exhorts. And the third part of verse 3 says, and consolation. That word consolation, it just means um, comfort. It means comfort. It means encouragement. You're down. You're out. You're broken. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit that enables someone that has this gift to come along and comfort you and encourage you and build you back up and to keep you from falling. So this brings me to point number two of why church is awesome. Within the church, it should be a place where you come to receive a prophetic word. Not a prophetic word in the sense of scripture, but a prophetic word from another brother or sister in Christ that will encourage you, that will build you up, that will exhort you, that will bring consolation. That's, that, we we want to see that gift in the, in the body of Christ. We want to see that gift being exercised through a person who has this gift. And then nextly, uh, he says there, some is evangelist. The evangelists are believers who are specially called to proclaim the gospel. These guys, they have the gift to clearly present the gospel and to call people to repentance, to call people to salvation. But on top of that, this gift of an evangelist, I believe he's also a person in the local body that spurs others on to fulfill the Great Commission. You know, the, the, the job of evangelism is not just the job of the evangelist. The, the, the job of evangelism, global evangelism, in reaching people with the gospel is the entire body. But you always have that person within the body that will encourage others to go out and reach out and share the gospel you know, I, I believe very clearly I, this is one of the gifts that the Lord has placed on my heart, that I, I love evangelism. I love going out and witnessing. It can be one of the most exhilarating things that you can experience. I used to be part of a group for several years ago, um, for about seven or eight years, I was part of a group called Adventures in Christianity. It was this website. All of us evangelists would go in there and we would share our evangelism encounters, but just going out and sharing the gospel with people can be a, a, a knee-knocking, very nervous, um, exciting event to go out and do. One time, I, me and my wife, we went uh, with a ministry called Down to Earth Ministries. We went up to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We went out to them, uptown Charlotte witnessing, and we were nervous. We were scared. Our knees were knocking. Irene had her purse under her shoulder as <laughs> a sense of security. But we went out, and we did street evangelism, and we witnessed to people, and we shared the gospel with people. And it's been one, it was one of the most exhilarating, most exciting things. But there's people in the body that have a passion for evangelism, and that's what we want to raise up here at Calvary Chapel is, is people Everybody should be reaching out to share the gospel, but there should be people within the body that have this special gift of evangelism that, that will spur the body on to reach out. So number, the next reason why church is awesome, it's a place where you can come and be challenged to evangelize. Be challenged to evangelize, to get out your comfort zone and share the gospel with that stranger, to share the gospel with that neighbor. The next gift that we see the... Uh, the risen Lord given to the body that I believe is 
in operation today. He says, and some as pastors and teachers. Um, these are men called specially to shepherd the body of Christ. To shepherd the body of Christ. To, to teach the word. A shepherd is, what is a shepherd out in the field? Is He takes care of his sheep. He looks after them. He gets involved in their life to the extent that they're willing to open up and, and help them in their journey of pursuing Christ, of living for Christ. That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd um, encourages, a shepherd uh, warns, sometimes a shepherd rebukes. But a loving shepherd, a good shepherd, will do all of those things for his sheep and for his body. And that's the picture we see of the Lord Jesus Christ being the chief shepherd. And that's the picture that we see of, of pastors and teachers. But let's not forget the pastors and teachers. Uh, he, he's uh, a man called to preach and teach the word. And, and, that's, and that brings me to my next point of why church is awesome. Church is awesome and, and why everyone sh every believer should be connected to a local body is because it's a place where you should be able to come and hear solid Bible teaching. Solid Bible teaching. To hear from God. To hear from God. The Lord speaks through all these, through these gifts. I, I believe that. Yes and amen. But ultimately, the Lord speaks through his word. His word is supreme. There's nothing any apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, there's nothing that any of them could say that trumps the Bible. The Bible judges us, not us it. You know, and, and, and be careful because anybody that's gifted, they need to have a Bible in hand. They need, they need to be speaking and teaching from the authority of Scripture. Of Scripture. That's the whole reason we gather. Is to, my, my, my goal is to sow this word into your heart and whet your appetite so that you go home and you study your word and you get into the Bible for yourself. You know, don't wait for just the preacher to, to deliver you the word. You can open up the Bible. You can open up the Bible at your bedside with your morning coffee in the morning. You know, sometimes I, 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 I woke up some mornings, I've been in a hurry. I got my, my Jeffro bowl of cereal right here. I got my cup of coffee right here, and I got my Bible right here. And I'm doing all three sometimes. But you can but cut, carve time out of your daily life to spend time in the Word. And you hear from the shepherd. You hear from his Word. And then verse 12. Oh, so we got to the first verse. The next one he says, um, the purpose of the gifts operating in the body is, is verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the works, excuse me, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Why is the church awesome? Because the church is a place to be equipped. This is where you receive your armament. This is where you receive your encouragement. This is where you receive your fellowship. You can't go at Christianity alone. You can't do it by yourself. God did not design it that way. When you became a Christian, he placed you in the body so that you could come and be encouraged and be equipped. That word equipped, it means to learn, to, to be learned. So saints, we want to be learning. We want to be learning what the word says. We want to be growing in the word. We want to be connecting with one another. 
And ultimately, as we're going to see, we want to discover our gift. We want to discover our gift. God has blessed every believer in him with a gift so that they can edify the body. You've got a gift, and you can bring it to the table. Let's look at these gifts. The, um, the gifts of the Spirit. These are the four passages. Uh, there's no way I could sit here and teach on all these this morning because we would be here till well into the afternoon. But I want to encourage you to write these verses down and go home and study it for yourself. But these are the three main passages that talks about gifts. The first one, Ephesians 4.11. I wrote missionary. The text actually says apostle. It means the same thing. But apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. There's a lot in that middle column. There's a, a lot. And I see so much of that operating in our church today. Romans 12.6-8. But prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, showing mercies. Those are special gifts given to the body by the Lord. And there's people in here that have those gifts. You have some, but you don't have the others. Some of you are, 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 are awesome at serving. Some of you are awesome at giving. Some of you are awesome at leading. You know, we need the very last one, showing mercy. It's one of the gifts in uh, Romans 12. We need people with that extra measure of mercy in the body of Christ to help and show people mercy. Those are very important. Now, when you get over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, these are called gifts, but if you go and study the passage, uh, the Apostle Paul uses the word manifestation. And the way I understand that is that the Holy Spirit, as the Lord wills, can manifest these gifts at different times, at different seasons, to where he speaks through people, gives people a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. You know, the, the, the key things about these verses, it's not in our own understanding that we come up with the answer or we come up with the solution. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit where he gives you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom for a specific event and time and place. Faith. You know, there's saving faith, which is the, our faith that we're saved by when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. But then the Bible also talks about there's another measure of faith. And the people that have this gift, they just have an amazing ability to, to believe and trust the Lord and seek the Lord for supernatural things. They, they have this faith. I just know God is going to do this. Healing, um, miracles, um, prophecy discernment, tongues, and interpretation. Calvary Chapel, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that the Lord uses his church today like he did in the early church. We believe that everything should be done decently and in order. There shouldn't be no charismatic chaos. But we believe that the Holy Spirit does these, operates in people with these gifts. Now, the key thing you need to remember, though, is whatever gift um, or office or manifestation that a person operates in is always judged by the Bible. It's always judged um, by Scripture. There's no, there is no new revelation. 
There is nothing equal with the Bible. There's nothing equal to the foundation of his word. And I will, I will preach and I will always preach it and talk about the sufficiency of Bible. The Bible gives us everything we need for life and godliness. But there's certain times and situations in life where there's an area in your life where you're seeking the Lord. Maybe it's a financial decision or a moving decision or being a part of a ministry. It's something very specific. I believe the Lord uses these gifts to come in and meet the need in the body of Christ and answer people's questions and to give them guidance and to give them direction. Uh, Chuck Smith has a wonderful book called Living Waters. And one of the things I'm praying about is in 2019, we're going to go through that book. We're going to go through that book 20, in 2019. Um, we're going to go through that book. It talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And he spends a whole entire chapter um, on that far right column. What does the Bible say about word of wisdom? What does it say about words of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy? We're going to see everything the scripture says and what, it's, what the Bible says and what it doesn't say. And we're going to have a good, solid, um, biblical foundation for what the scripture says on these gifts. And another thing, too, we're working on, too, starting in 2019, is a night of prayer and worship. A night of prayer and worship. And that night will be designed to come together, probably be, we're thinking maybe a Sunday night. Um, but it will just be a night of prayer and worship where we come in here and we worship the Lord. We spend time in prayer and we seek the Lord. We, we seek the Lord and we give people, if they have these gifts to, to, to they want to minister to people, give them an opportunity to seek the Lord for their gift and to use their gift. That's very important that we let the gifts operate as the scripture guides us and directs us. Amen? The desired goal, the desired goal of these gifts and, and manifestations is found in verse 13. Look at verse 13. He says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. You know, I see a three-rung ladder in here, but look at the last three words of verse 13. He's, he's, it's like you're going up a ladder and he's saying, you have these three things in operation in your life you will have the fullness of Christ. And that's where we want to take everyone, to the end of verse, to the fullness of Christ. So what are they? Let's look at it, verse 13. Until we all attain to the, the number one, is the unity of the faith. Our, our goal, our mission, our objective, is to be united in our Christian faith. Now this doesn't mean that we, we believe and we agree on every little nuance what version of the Bible, what's your eschatology, but on the main body of Christianity, of what defines Orthodox Christianity, in what we believe about God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, what do we believe about Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his return, his virgin birth, what we believe about the Bible. This is a big one with Pastor David. This is a big one I fixed and talked about. This one, it's just part of who I am and part of what I'm a, 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 a strong defender of, and that's the authority and the inspiration of Scripture. Sola script 
Torah, the sufficiency of Scripture. It is inspired by God. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is the foundation for everything. It is the foundation. That, that is one stone that will not be moved. Is, 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 is being united in the authority of Scripture. Being, being the, the unity of the faith. I'm thinking um, the, uh, the unity of our mission. The unity of our mission to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To bring people that are far from God into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then just come in and just pour Jesus into them. Love on them. Help them. Build them up. That's our goal. That's our mission. Is to bring people to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to love on them. And we do it all by the authority and inspiration of the scripture. The unity of faith. And he continues in verse 13. And to the knowledge of the Son of God. Knowledge. He's talking about a deep knowledge. I, I believe he's, he's, Paul is thinking about his intimacy with the Lord. Bringing people into a place of, of intimate fellowship with Jesus. And not only to intimately know him and to intimately um, love him, but also to be submitted to his lordship. When we say Jesus is Lord, we're saying, Jesus, you are God. You are the God of my life. You govern me. I submit my life to you. That's what the full knowledge of what the New Testament says concerning the knowledge of the Son of God. And my friend, this doesn't come easy. This doesn't come easy. This knowledge of the Son of God, it comes by prayer. It comes by worship. It comes uh, by, by, by studying our Bible. And understanding everything about the Lord Jesus Christ by, by, by looking into his word. What does Romans say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. As we study our Bibles, as I open the word with you on Sundays and Wednesday nights and in your personal devotion time, when you do it, the hope is that you come into a deeper knowledge. Number two of verse 13, a deeper knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you love him more and more. That you understand the gospel more and more. He gave his life for me. I will give my life for him. And then verse 13, the third thing that brings you to the end, which is the fullness of Christ. He says, uh, to a mature man. That's our goal. That's our objective. Is to bring people to maturity. No, no more um, crumbs. I want to give you meat and potatoes. I want to give you stuff that you can build your life on. To make, you, uh, to make you immovable. Backsliding? Falling away? Uh-uh. I'm, I, I am not doing that. He's given his life for me. I'm going to give my life to him. And I'm going to be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, the scripture says. I want to be rock solid. That's what I want to make you guys. That's what I want to make you men. I want to make you ladies. Rock solid believers in Jesus. Who know your Lord and Savior. And who know your word. And who take that. And you just let it flow out to the people around you. I want to see Bud making impacts for those guys at FBI. And, and, and you guys, Sun June working at the state. Touching the guys around you at work from this deep, intimate relationship with God. Why? Because you're a mature man. And then look at verse 13. Man, this is a great word study. He says, he ends it with, after he says those three things, he says in verse 13, 
to the measure of the stature which belongs to, there it is, to the fullness of Christ. It's like you're growing up into the fullness of Christ Jesus. You're growing in maturity. You're being filled up, is what verse 13 is saying, when you do these three things. He continues in uh, verse 14. Have a, we have a, um, a warning here. Look at verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. No matter where you go to church in your life, if the foundation is neglected, which is the Bible, if it's neglected, you will be tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. You know, it's, and it's very important, and it's, fa- it's very important that we understand that these gifts in the context of this passage that we're looking at, these men, the men um, or women that have these gifts are to be judged by the Bible. The Bible is the final authority. We need to be Bereans. We need to be diligently in our study of Scripture to see if what the person's saying is true. They diligently study the Scripture to see who was talking was true. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the Bereans diligently studied the Scripture to make sure everything Paul said to them was true. And there's no difference today. I can't, I can't stress enough talking about the gifts and, and, the, and the Lord working in the local church. I can't stress to you enough the importance of, of, of the Bible, of Scripture. We don't, you know, we don't want to be children tossed here and there. Um, in 2005, me and my family, we set out on a journey. In 2005, we set out on a journey to find a church. It took us about two years. It took us about two years. And I only had one request. You know, I've only been a pastor now for five years. I've been a pastor for five years. Prior to that, I was in the military here locally in Columbia. So I haven't always been in the pulpit teaching. Um, but my one request in 2005, as we went from church to church, I had one request as I go in there. I, my, my thing was, Pastor, please open your Bible. Please open your Bible and please teach from the scriptures. I don't care what you teach on. You can teach on tithing. You can teach on worship. You can uh, teach on eschatology. Just please open the Bible. Please open the Bible. My view, and this is what, that was 2005. We found Calvary Chapel in 2007 and planted in 2007 at Calvary Chapel. But my, my thought and process was, um, Pastor, I'm entrusting my eternal soul to your teaching. Please teach me what the word says. And that was, that was, what, that was what led me to, um, to Calvary Chapel, is just, is just teach me what the word says. Um, that's, that's so, so important. We can't, we can't stress that enough. Because Why? Because I don't want to be like verse 14. I don't want to be tossed to and fro, carried away by winds of doctrine, and by the trickery of men and the craftiness and deceitful scheming. 
We do that by staying in the word and letting the word, God's word guide us and direct us. Uh, verse 15, verse 15, Paul's gonna, now going to lay out how we use our gifts, how we use our calling, how we operate in the realm of ministry. Let's take a look at it, verse 15. He says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. I, I want to emphasize there in verse 15, he says we are to speak the truth in love. Okay? This is how you operate in your gift, in your calling. Whether whatever gift, whatever God has, has given you to do, you're to speak the truth in love. Love is to be our, um, is to be our motivating factor. It, 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 it is the, um, the, dri- the love of Christ in us is the driving factor behind every single gift. And we can't be a jerk with God's gifts. We've got to be loving. We've got to be kind. We've got to be nice. You can politely, lovingly rebuke someone <laughs> in a spirit of love. You can encourage someone in a spirit of love. You can lift someone up in a spirit of love. We know the old saying, people care more about um, the way you feel than what you know. The, the, the way you love people, the way you care for people. You know, all your knowledge that you're going to impart will come later. People want to know how much you care and how much you love. So it's very important as we operate in the gifts that um, we do it by speaking the truth in love. And we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Love is the motivating factor. You know, my, my, our, our job is, to, is to, to build people up. You know, if you, if you take the flip side of that, you know, and love's not the motivating factor, and you just want to go through with a buzzsaw, you can be by yourself before too long because people are going to go somewhere else. So we want to be careful to do it in love. Do it in love in a spirit of truth. Verse 16, he closes this section with, he says, uh, From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Awesome to be a part of a church because we're like a puzzle. We're like this puzzle. And I don't know if you ever realize this, but when you, when you first put all the pieces all over the table, sometimes they don't fit together. Sometimes it's hard to find your place. Sometimes it's like, oh, it goes here. No, it goes here. But we're like a puzzle. And, and with, the, with the Lord's help, he is helping us put this puzzle together. It says the whole body, everybody, everybody in the body plays a part. Being fitted and held together, every person, every believer in Jesus Christ has a gift they bring to the table. By what every joint supplies, we all, we all bring something according to the proper working of each individual part. Don't let no one say you don't have a gift. You do have a gift. We see these gifts up here on the worship team. We see people greeting. We see people welcoming one another, encouraging one another. 
that's, those are all gifts that each one of us individually bring. The people in the, in the sound, their gifts, Lord bless them, man. They have a, a big job getting the sound right and, and everything. You know, I, I, think about, um, I think about fish. You know, I think about fish and all the work. These lights that are shining down on us, I think about all those months in here, him on the scissor lift. Running, running around on the scissor lift and doing all the uh, electrical work. Uh, we, we pretty much overhauled this place, even electrically. Uh, even electrically. There was one day we were working, I, I, I got to share this, half of you are probably already know the story anyway, but there was one day we was here, we was working, and uh, Nicholas Victoria was here. He's another electrician. He was up in the children's ministry room working on an electrical box. They were trying to get the outlets run, trying to get electricity down. And Fish says, Okay, I'm gonna cut it on, and uh, and fish flip the switch, and he says, uh, "Can you feel?" It? He says, "Is it on?" He was like, "Yeah!" yeah. <laughs> he was getting lit up. <laughs> but uh, but we all have gifts. We all have gifts to bring to the body, whether it's building, construction. We see that in the Old Testament. People in the Old Testament given the gift of construction and, and putting things together. Or it's these gifts that we talked about. It's, it's, it's bringing the body together. I present to you this morning, why is church awesome? Why should you be a part of the body? Why should you connect? Number one, it helps you build your life on the rock. What you're doing right now, sitting here as we're going through Ephesians, is helping you understand Jesus. And is helping you apply his principles to your life. And you're founding your life on the rock. Now, yes, you can do it at home through your Bible study. But there's something special about corporate worship and corporate gathering that we come together and we build our life on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, you find your place in the kingdom. Don't let no one say you don't have a place because you do have a place. You have a place at Calvary Chapel. You have a place here. We are, um, one, two, three, this January will be our four-year anniversary. We're still a very young church. We're still putting the puzzle together. But we have a place for you to serve here as we reach out and we, we spread the gospel, partnering with other churches in the area to spread his light and to spread his love. Third reason I present to you why church is awesome and we don't want to miss out on what God is doing through the body of Christ is exactly what we talked about this morning, and that is we get to exercise our gifts and our callings. Under the authority of Scripture, we get to bring our gift to the table so that we can say that we're a part of the body. We're a part of this global body of Christ that's impacting our world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's be a part of that, man. Let's be a part of that. And let's, let's, let's evangelize. Let's reach out. Let's encourage people to come and discover their gift. I look, across the, I look across the room now, and I know most of you guys, and I can, just, I can tell you from just talking to you, I, I know what Rick and Ida's gifts are, and they do it wonderfully. I, I know what Paul's gifts are. I know, what, I know what many of you guys are, and it's so exciting to see those gifts in operation in our local body. Amen? I want to encourage you, uh, 
go home, study these passages. Study these passages. And just simply say, God, what do I bring to the table? What, what do I bring to the local body? What, what do I bring? What is my gift? What is my calling? Let me join in on this body and moving forward with the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your truth. Father, thank you for your gifts. Father, I just pray, Father, that um, as Calvary Chapel Irma moves forward, Father, that you would just put the pieces of the puzzle together, that you would lead us and guide us and direct us as we put this body together to make an impact on this world for you, Lord God. We understand that this is the place where believers come to be fed and to get into the word. So God, let us be thankful for our body, thankful for our church. And most importantly, let us see the awesome dynamics that the church body brings to our Christian walk. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Thank you for your word. Amen.